Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 95. The episode about traffic plus no conversion equals no business. And speaking of traffic, I've just got to say we're recording in a new location this week. So there is actually a bit of traffic noise in the background. That's um, right. That's the just, very exciting military road. That's just for context, so you remember. So this is the podcast for marketing managers or sales professionals who are either considering using HubSpot or are using HubSpot. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Really good. And gee, wasn't it good at uh, the Grow with HubSpot last week? Fantastic. Well done to James Gilbert and the team, and Bertie. Oh, yeah, Bertie. We've got to call out Bertie. Apparently she masterminded the whole thing, so well done. It was fantastic. So now, Craig, we're going to talk a bit about Grow with HubSpot in the Inbound Thought of the Week. Now, this came from James Gilbert's slides, and I thought this was very apt. Traffic plus no conversions equals no business. Well, that's right. We've named the show episode after it because this is, I mean, it's so obvious, right? You, you, you read this and get, well, yes, of course. And yet, still the number of people who are just obsessed with traffic, but not actually what happens with the traffic on their site. So it's a really good um, presentation by James amongst a day of fantastic presentations. Yes, it was the biggest Growth HubSpot event today. They had more than a thousand people there, which means probably there was two thousand that registered, knowing usual kind of um, attendee rates. So amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I really loved how they organized the day and they had different people talking about the attracting stage, the consideration and then the closing stage of the funnel. So people actually got an opportunity to learn at each of those stages what to do and what happens and best practices really yeah and so we've included a link to the slide deck in the show notes so you can go and check that out and download all the presentations i'll call out my favorite presentation then you can talk about yours i really liked uh brent and varoon's they did a a joint presentation looking at content in context thought it was really good and then they looked at you know landing pages emails uh tips for setting them out so it's one of those slide i like those slide decks when you can just go through the decks and actually still get value you don't actually have to hear them commentating on the slide deck so i definitely recommend theirs and um yeah what was your one of your highlights i really enjoyed matt barbie He's a great storyteller. He is a good storyteller. And really, I think he really highlighted how much things have shifted. And if I look at it, like if you look 10 years ago when iPhone was introduced, which was this year, 10 years ago, the immense change that has taken place in the way we access and consume content, like he really took us through a journey and what is to come. So, and we'll talk about more about one of the things he said in, in one of the opinions, but just made me believe that we're traveling at a rapid pace and you've really got to be on top of everything. It was good. And I like how you say storytelling. I'll just go completely off track here. You've got kids, right? Yes. And so you see the passage of time much more obviously than I do. We don't have kids. And so it's kind of like, oh, wow, time flies by. And I think that the example of the iPhone is a good one. Ten years. It's kind of like, oh, wow, it has changed so much. And that's what was so good about his presentation. As you say, looking at the way things are changing and just, you know, video and everything that's coming up, we'll be talking about that in future episodes as well. I loved how he had a great thing in it, which I thought was really funny. So he, he said, this is how much things have changed, right? Back, let's say, in 1998, there were 147 million people online, right? There were dial-up modems. And... Um, the song by Will Smith, Getting Jiggy With It, would have taken 11 minutes to download, right? Right. Which it, and Rush Hour would have taken ages, 45 days. 
Right, to download a movie. To download a movie, Yeah, right? that's right. And now what do we do? We watch movies on our devices. On demand, yeah. On demand. We watch Netflix every night and we get whatever we want, whenever we want and wherever we want it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so we know that, right? So we kind of take that for granted now. And his point was, okay, it's not stopping today. Imagine what it's going to be like in 10 years' time from now. Just, And so the changes are rapid and in sales and marketing especially so. All right, on to our marketing feature of the week, Craig, and this is the HubSpot marketing feature. There's some new reports. I actually really like this. You know, we've I've panned the reporting add-on before because I'm like, I don't want to pay for that, except in some circumstances. And we highlighted one in a yes. previous episode where it was perfect to pay for it. Now they're actually rolling out a whole bunch of extra reports in what is in the free dashboard. So you don't need the reporting add-on for these, uh, for many of them. And I really like this one, the marketing qualified leads by breakdown, uh, breakdown by source. By and source. I, yeah. I think this is really useful. In fact, one of the examples I had previously was around using the reporting add-on to try and get this across the different life cycle stages. Yes. Here's a really nice report showing where they came from. And I, this is it's actually interesting when you show this to people and say, actually, do you realize this is the breakdown where they're coming through? Because often that's a different breakdown to what leads are. You see the ratios. Oh, leads. Oh, we've got a huge amount of leads from here. But actually, marketing qualified leads came from this source. And this really highlights it well. Yeah. I think that's a really key piece of information that people can often miss and only only that's only one of many they've got a few that's right rolling out so make sure and that slipped through you know it did slip through actually you didn't see the nice little orange dot up there going ding ding here's new reports or maybe i just missed it but yeah it's good it's definitely not highlighted very well let's put it that way now the not so good part LinkedIn yeah, ads is going I know. at the end of July. Oh, I was sad to see this. And I'm not exactly sure why. You know when we talked about them removing support for social posting to LinkedIn groups? Now, that was because LinkedIn was pulling it out of the API. Correct. This one, we're not actually sure why HubSpot's pulling it out. Maybe it just wasn't used much or you yeah. know, we were kind of speculating, you know, they, it wasn't worth it for them. But I'm sad to see it go because I was actually using it. Well, there you go. You can't use it no more. People can't. Listeners can't see my sad face. <laughs> All right, Craig, on to our marketing tip of the week. And it's using Facebook to build audiences based on people who have engaged with your Instagram business profile. Yeah, just a quickie pointing off to John Loomer, who, has, as usual, has a good article about this. But Facebook and Instagram are so... Uh, I guess integrated now in terms of what you can do from the advertising side of things. This yes. is just one other aspect. So when you've linked your Instagram profile, and by the way, you might have a personal profile, you can switch it to business and then link that to your Facebook page. You can actually then build a Facebook audience to target people who've interacted with your Instagram uh, business profile. And that could just be they've inter- uh, interacted with a, a post. It doesn't actually have to be your profile profile. Exactly. It could be one of your posts. So. It's just getting really more powerful. Yeah, and I think that's a really good thing. And I think a takeaway from that is, even if you're not going to run any ads, go make sure you create that uh, audience in Facebook. All right, and another thing we want to say is about emails that drive purchase. Now, this is a a marketing prof's bit of content, and here's an interesting fact. Some 92% of consumers say sales and discounts are an important factor that they take into account when deciding whether to purchase from a marketing email. Brand reputation ranks second at 90%, followed by ease of transaction at 88%, and the ease of online mobile purchasing at 74%. Now, I get this because it's interesting. Like, I, I've been doing a bit of shopping online, and the other day I put um, something in the cart and totally forgot about it, and then got an email not long after 
maybe like 24 hours saying, hey, you put this in in your shopping cart and you never actually completed the transaction. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I'll go back and do that, right? And because there was a sale, I think it wasn't a massive sale, small sale, but still a decent saving. I'm like, oh, I should go finish the transaction. So I think that was really useful to me that I just didn't forget about it. Yeah, I think so as well. And that's a good example from your own personal experience. Here the stats are 92% of consumers. Like this is really high. I think this is interesting because it's not, most people wouldn't say it's that high. And in fact, I think a lot of people like to say, oh, I'm not influenced by sales. You know, they don't manipulate me into buying. But actually the stats show otherwise. It's, it's a very powerful piece um, of the transaction journey. And why marketers need to listen to this is because we'll often push back and say, oh, you know, no, we don't want to, we don't want to always be on sale or we don't want to be seen as just a discount place. Yet this is across all the brands. So you can be a big brand. Um, someone's going to say to me, oh, Apple don't. Or they only do it once a year. Okay, sure, Apple's a special case. But most of the big brands, we know that Amazon, for example, you get that Tuesday email. This is what's on special this week. So no one's saying, oh, uh, they're diluting their brand. Sure, Amazon competes on price, so that is where they're in the market. But across big brands, we see this happening. And that's the, that's the reality of e-commerce these days. It needs to be part of the marketing strategy. On to our HubSpot sales switch of the week, Craig. Now, this is also something that popped up into the what's new section and this is to set properties for moving deal stages now i really like this because we tried this out so i'm going to give us a little example say someone's requested a quote and that's the the deal stage you're in previously you might have actually just put that quotes being requested good thank you very much away we go and then you forget to actually send the quote so so what this enables us to do is actually maybe create a custom field or set a date of when that's actually due and actually have that as a dependent field that needs to be completed. So when you move the deal stage, it says, okay, well, when is this due? Fill in the date. Then you won't forget it. And yeah, it can actually track what's going on and you're living up to what you said you would do. I really like this feature. I think this is an advanced feature. I was surprised to see HubSpot put it in because this is the kind of thing I think, oh yeah, that's what you'd get in Salesforce. No, HubSpot's putting in these kind of features. Yeah. It's really nice. We've got a few screenshots there for that example that you just outlined too. That's right. All right, Craig, on to our opinion of the week. And I, I bring up this opinion. It's about buying HubSpot, but actually not taking the time to understand and use it. And then I think it just becomes a really expensive purchasing decision that someone's made with a really poor return on investment. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Like, surely people wouldn't just pay... Because uh, HubSpot is not cheap in their pro and enterprise versions, right? It's it's a costly tool. Surely people wouldn't just pay for it and not do anything with it. Well, you might be surprised, but people do. <laughs> I can't get over the way... Yeah, some pe- it's like people just have money that they want to give away sometimes. And then they want to upgrade to enterprise and still do nothing with it. Or buy more more licenses. So I've actually said no to people. And I'll tell you why. Because, I mean, it's great for us because, like, people who are selling and, you know, wanting to sell licenses, yes, it adds to your sales. But really, does it help the customer? No. So I think we've become really aware how important implementation is and how important just using it and understanding it I think a lot of people say they get it, but they really don't get it. Like when you really dig a little bit deeper, they don't know what's going on. And I think 
as marketers and sales, we need to really be careful about A, that we're giving the right solution to the customer and B, is it going to solve the problem that they're actually after to be solved? Or are they just looking at a nice new shiny object that they can tell their friends about? Exactly. I got the Ferrari, exactly. but I don't got no fuel in the car to drive it anyway. It's, exactly. sitting, it's sitting in the parking lot. Yeah, you see, I, I, it's actually worse than that because one, there's the, the cost, the lost exactly. cost, right? I just paid X dollars for Enterprise HubSpot. So that, that was actually a cost. But then there's the opportunity cost because if you don't implement it, not only have you not wasted your purchase price, but you've actually wasted the opportunity you have and you could actually be losing substantially more revenue. And that's the frustrating thing. And when you were telling me about this particular example, I was like, couldn't believe it. And yet we see it all the time or we see HubSpot put in yeah, absolutely. and hardly implemented. Somewhat, yeah. you know, well, you've seen accounts like that. Yeah. yeah, they hardly do anything and then they think the tool's magically going to do it themselves or they've got other priorities. So, yeah, exactly. get involved, do some of the training or talk to us or you know, get a partner agency or talk to HubSpot. You can actually call HubSpot and they'll actually help you for free kind of you know, with customer yeah, support. They'll right. talk you through some of this stuff. And you know what? Academy's there. There's quick answers there. There are so many points of help that can actually help you get stuff done. There's the projects in the tool, which will guide you step by step to go, okay, click on this link, go fill this out, then fill that out. Like it is, it is doable, but it is a lot of work. So don't be phased. Or I guess don't be misguided that it's easy. It does take time and effort. You know what I'm going to do here? We hadn't actually planned this, listeners, in the show. I'm going to actually say go to our consulting page on HubShots. We've actually got a menu item that says consulting with us. You get a 30-minute free a consultation. Just book it in, chat to us if you're underutilizing HubSpot, and we'll just give you a few pointers that you can get going. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be this overwhelming, oh, I don't know what to do. We'll actually just give you some key takeaways, just get started. You'll actually get value straight away. That's so, Great one, Craig. There you go, plug over. Yeah. All right, on to our creative top 10 of the week, Craig. And this is the... This is 10 creative ideas for driving traffic, Google, to an accounting website. Yes, and I thought this week we'd look at free Google traffic because you could get paid Google traffic. We're just going to talk about free Google traffic to your website if you're an accountant, an yes. accounting practice. All right, so I think the first thing is make sure your Google My Business listing is up to date. And on that page now, you can actually add events and things that are going on and special opening times if you're opening at different times. Another key aspect to that is actually, it actually shows up on the map. So people often today will search on Google Maps about how to, what are the nearest accounting practices. Well, or, well I'll just do a location-based. Exactly. So like accountants, Chatswood. That's right. And or accountants need me. Yeah. The first listing is a Google My Business listing, which is why we actually right. say, yeah. All right. Next one. Keyword research to find the keywords to use on your page titles and content on your site. So this is really key. I think think about things about what problems you solve. Um, understand what page titles and meta descriptions are. And this is what Google uses. So be really clear. I mean, I'm sure if you're in accounting, right, when you talk about, say, um, a family trust, for example, it's not going to be anything but a family trust. You know what I mean? There's no other version of that. So be really specific with what you're talking about and make it relevant to the people that are using your services. Yeah, that's right. And speaking of um, page titles and meta descriptions, number four, I always tell people, and I know you do the same, write your meta descriptions as if they're a call to action. So when you see them in Google, they actually don't help with your ranking, but they help with your click-throughs. And that's what we're talking about, driving free traffic to your site. Yeah. 
get your meta descriptions in place. Uh, number five, structure your pages with great headings, bullet points, subheadings, images, anything that helps you get your message across to your audience in a really good way. I saw an interesting stat today. Um, I think it was actually one of the Grow With HubSpot slides. 70% of people skim through website pages and only 16 percent or so actually read everything on a page actually and i'll give you another tip on that because they've done eye tracking where if you have a section at the bottom called conclusion people will often skim through and they just read the conclusion now think about that because i actually realize i do that now (laughs) and especially if it's a long article i'll go the first third i'm reading then i start skim 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 skim. all right then the conclusion and that's the one where you really have actually got a lot of attention with the with the visitor Number six, include images with alt tags so the Google image search can identify them. So what's an alt tag? So it's like an alternate tag. And it's it's basically, okay, let's say the image is about um, someone completing their baz, right? So Google can't tell what it is. But in this alt text that you can actually input, you would actually put in there business owner completing baz, right? So Google then goes, oh, that's a picture about business owner completing a baz. So if someone looks for that and then look in the image search, it'll actually show up. Yeah, so it has the advantage of image search and also it's contextual. Yes. So when Google sees images related to that topic, it just adds to the authority of the overall content topic. Yep. Number seven, adding video how-to guides that can be downloaded and viewed on your site. So I think that's really important. Again, video is a great place. Make sure your videos are actually native on YouTube. So load them on YouTube, have a channel. And if you're doing videos on Facebook. So make sure you load that video on Facebook. Don't share it off YouTube onto Facebook, but actually load it onto Facebook to be there. All right. Number eight, I'm actually going to talk about locations because I think this is really important for accounting practices. Yes. Make sure you include locations, uh, well, page titles, your contact page. I actually recommend you put it on your home page as well, yep. locations down the bottom. Yes. Because the home page in is the off. In, well, can be in the footer. It actually can be in part of the body okay. of the page because it is so important for these kind of you know professional services businesses uh, and the home page is the most frequently indexed especially if you've got Correct. blogs appearing on the home page yes. as well it's getting indexed as well so the location is prominent and then that actually helps with location specific searches uh, number nine start a blog can be as simple as doing latest news like new tax rulings and things that are coming up and when it comes to the blog just listen to what your clients are asking questions about and just write up a quick uh, answer and reply q a post another thing make sure your site is responsive and works on mobiles okay so we're getting into some technical ones here yeah must be responsive can't highlight this enough and in fact if your if your site if you look at your accounting site now and it doesn't work on your mobile it's worth putting the money into getting a web developer to just switch the theme uh, and update it so that it will work on mobile. Very That's important. Right. Now we're on to number 13, Craig. Ask sites you sponsor or that you've got listings on to make sure that you've got a link back to your website. So make sure that's correct and point you to the appropriate page on your site. Yeah, I'll give you a common example. They might sponsor a local sports team or be involved in a community thing. Just get that link back from that site. Number 14, make sure Google Analytics is installed on your pages so you can actually figure out what's going on, where people are going, where they're falling off, what the bounce rates are, which is when people land and take off immediately and see what content is 
re- resonating with people. And finally, make sure you update professional directory listings, point back to your profile and your website. Yeah, so example, if you're a chartered accountant or a CPA, you will probably have a listing on one of those sites. Make sure that's correct. Make sure you would link, if it's a something about you, link back to that profile page about yourself from that CPA directory or CA directory. All right, we better stop there. That's more than 10. We could go on all night with with tips. Hopefully there's a few to get you started there. All right, and now we're going to talk about the resource of the week, Craig, which is the biggest trends and changes in AdWords so far in 2017. I'm not going to go too much into it. It's a great article. Have a read. There's lots of mentions about artificial intelligence and machine learning, which is happening right across the board. Happens in HubSpot, happens in Google, happens in Facebook. It's happening everywhere. But how how much that's driving a lot of change. And look, when we do stuff with Google, let's say about three changes on the AdWords platform every day, nothing stays the same. So it's really important. And I think they're trying to make it easier. But also you've got to work with someone that actually understands what's going on to get to the best possible result it's like tuning a car you go to the guy that knows how to tune the car to get the maximum out of it all right on to our quote of the week craig and this is from damesh if your software solves a problem people don't care about adding ai is unlikely to help <laughs> this is great because you know everyone's, everyone's adding ai to everything it's yes. kind of like adding ai to my toaster at home and you know it's kind of like <laughs> where's it going to stop and he's, i think his point is pretty apt make sure it's actually a problem that's being solved exactly on your damage all right on to finally our podcast of the week and this is from inbound after hours so this is another agency in the uk called Digital 22. And this is a new podcast. I think they're up to eight or so episodes so far. Or by by the time you hear us, because we're recording on the 19th of July, but this episode probably won't come out for another three or four weeks. But yeah, there'll there'll be more by then. But yeah, just stumbled across this because I saw it tweeted on uh, Twitter and you've actually listened to an episode or two and it's it's quite good. So great to hear another HubSpot-related podcast. Yes, have a listen to that and see what you think. Well, Craig, on that happy note, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes, join our Facebook and WhatsApp groups and be involved. Until next time, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.